NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. I'm Vienna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. We're strangers up until the point we sit down with one another. And I have to tell you, it's actually really challenging to go in without much information or relationship. So every time I sit down with a guest, I'm hearing their story for the first time and I'm working really hard to create some sense of safety and wanting us to accomplish something, but without forcing it or leading them to a particular outcome. Even though what you listen to in the show is not actually how I work with my clients, it's pretty incredible what a one-off conversation with someone you don't know can lead you to. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You which explores how to break family patterns so that you can liberate the way you live and love. What I have found time and time again is that the unwanted patterns in our lives today are really unresolved pain from the past trying to grab for our attention. If we can be brave enough to face these patterns, a lot of beautiful healing work can happen. That's why the show is named This Keeps Happening, because who hasn't said that once or twice before to themselves? I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. Sometimes learning through other people's stories is a beautiful invitation to learn about our own. Our guests are anonymous. Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Today, I'm speaking with Russ. That's his alias. Work causes him a lot of anxiety. So many of us can relate to that, right? For Russ, he feels like he has terrible luck with managers. He says he can't trust them, and he often feels misunderstood, unseen, and undervalued. So he jumps from job to job and city to city. But even when he stays in one place, there's a lot of change. At his current job, he's had seven different managers. 
After decades of stress, just wishing he could find a good manager, he's wondering if maybe that's not the real issue. Maybe, just maybe, he has a part in all of this. He's not quite sure, but that's why we're here, and he wants to figure it out. Sounds like there is a pattern when it comes to work for you that seems to show up over and over again. So maybe tell me a little bit about that. Okay, so yeah, I've been a software engineer for 20 years, and then for the last 15, on top of that, cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of, uh, you know, technology. So 35 years, I counted it up this morning, I've had 17 jobs. Okay. So as my career started off, I took the approach, well, I'm learning as I go, and but every place I went, I kept encountering blockage with management. Mm-hmm. And so the easiest thing to do was just to find a new job. Mm-hmm. So you go to the next place, and same similar situation would occur. Nothing confrontational. It was always just like they didn't get me, I didn't get them, and... It was time to, you know, go to the next, go to the next. And can I pause you for a second? What did you want them to get? Well, just, you know, sort of understand me. And I, I was always looking or expecting them to be knowledgeable or leaders or things that I expected a manager to be. Which, Fairly, right? That's probably a reasonable thing right. for, for you so to expect So expectation was always my killer. Yeah, right? but I want to stick a little bit to understand me. Specifically what? What did you want them to understand about you? Well, that I can uh, pick up things very quickly. Mm-hmm. I can put my hands around a big project really fast and make improvements to, to their technology, to their product. So did you feel like they maybe underqualified you? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they didn't see your value. Right, right. Didn't, okay. didn't, didn't prioritize me, uh-huh. right? And so along those lines, the, I didn't ever feel like I belonged. They would leave me out of meetings or discussions that affected me. Mm. I didn't, I always had this, lack of trust because it always seemed like they were doing something behind my back or something and because they were management i never felt safe to to confront them mm-hmm. right because i felt like they you know they think oh you're fired type of deal sure. right so those four things seemed to be consistent um everywhere i went and when you know it just seemed like the easiest thing to do when i didn't get those you know, that good vibe was to go to the next place. And so I was single for all these years in the 90s, so it was easy to just pick up and go. You know, go to the next, go to the next. I, I traveled across the country. So I got to see a lot of the country, get a lot of experience, but I just kept finding that this finding the same situation over and over again until I met my wife. So I did stay at that job for much longer than I probably would have. And then um, that project dissipated, and I had to continue on the path of getting a new job and um, ultimately wound up where I'm at today, and I've been there for eight years. 
But I counted this morning that in the eight years that I've been there, I've had seven managers. So it's been a revolving door mm -hmm. there, which is in a, sort of, a, in a way, I guess, a good thing because because of that, I always had this change out, right? To where these feelings of, you know, again, the belonging, the safety, mm -hmm. and the, the trust issues. So that all culminated until about two years ago. And the, uh, the manager that uh, was in charge of my group hired someone that was not qualified. And I was supposed to be the, the lead. So immediately I wrote up, hey, this person shouldn't be working here, blah, blah, blah. Here's the reasons, follow the, you know, the paperwork. No, no action was taken. That person continued to stay on. I just started getting into this hyper-anxiety, depression state, couldn't sleep. I was at a point where I felt, so I felt trapped because mm -hmm. you know, here I am at this company where I couldn't go anywhere because you know, I have a house, I have a wife, you know, I, uh, to the point in my career that just hopping up and you know, going to a new position isn't you know, the, the, in my best interest. I don't like to commute anymore. And certainly after COVID, you know, I got into a, a convenient you know, way of working from home. So can I, sure. as you were saying that the the sentence that came forward for me was, why doesn't anybody see me or care about me? Does that feel? Yeah, well, right. So there was some, you know, issues there was I was putting out over and over these emails saying, hey, you know, we're having these issues, do something, do something. Mm -hmm. And there was something yeah, no going ones. on where you know behind the scenes i don't know again the trust issues were just completely mm -hmm. gone at that point yeah but i think from your experience regardless of what was maybe happening or not actually happening we'll put that aside maybe we'll never know right. but i think for you to be like why is nothing changing why can't anybody see or prioritize or hear or, right. or respect or just honor what it is that I'm sharing and what it is that I need. Right. Yeah. There's something familiar about that yeah. for you. I oh, mean, you're yeah. very insightful as you talk about like what comes up for you yeah. in this work dynamic and repetition. Right. Um, I'm curious what stands out to you about what you feel here in those dynamics that maybe we would find earlier on in life. Mm. Well, yeah. So the inability to, you know, the, the fear of confrontation mm -hmm. was where it really, because I just would always avoid it at all costs. Passive, aggressive, wouldn't, you know, don't, I don't act out. I don't get angry or, you know, loud, even though my voice would tend to sound loud. <laughs> so people think that I'm angry. I'm not angry. My voice is just deep. But um, that was a learned behavior that I found that I got from my mother. Growing up, I grew up a divorced family. My father and my mother divorced when I was uh, about five or six. Mm -hmm. And so I learned from her that, you know, avoiding conflict, avoiding confrontation was mm -hmm. the way to go. So that's what I found to be the real common thread as looking back. Mm -hmm. And that's where um, when I read the book, When Anger Scares You from John Lynch, that was total eye-opening. I'm like, wow, that is exactly what has happened to me. I, every job was 
me avoiding the confrontation. Why didn't they understand me? Why didn't they come to me? I'm always expecting them to mind be the mind reader. But really, I it was me that wasn't ever confronting them. I do think that maybe conflict avoidance plays a part in this. And I also think that there might be some other stuff there too, because sure, as an adult now, maybe there is a part that needs to be able to bring something forward and not wait for someone to come to you. But as a kiddo, that's different, okay? Mm -hmm. As a child, it is not your responsibility as a five- or six-year-old to go to the adults and say, hey, I'd like to talk about what's happening in my inner world, right? We really rely on the adults. We hope to rely on the adults to be able to come to us and say, let's sit down. Let's talk about this guy. Gosh, this has to be hard for you. Mm -hmm. Dad's gone. We're going to go through this divorce, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. And maybe you'll tell me a little bit more about the details, but— I think there's something to making sure that we don't jump over this part of you that, for whatever reason, waits for someone. And could we chalk it up to your conflict avoidance? Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what might we also explore that there is a younger part of you? Oh, yeah. Right? Mm. That craves for people to see you that craves for people to come closer to you. Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, I think sometimes we throw away something very important when we talk about, like, the mind-reading part. Mm. Like, oh, we expect people to be mind-readers. Okay, yes. On the other side of that is a deep desire to have someone see us, Mm -hmm. right? To have someone be connected to what might be going on in our experience. And again, I'll always distinguish from adult you who's Mm -hmm. sitting in front of me right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. versus child you, right? Right. And I I imagine that child you is sometimes inside that body of yours, right? Who sometimes is not wanting to be an adult, right? right? Who sometimes is wanting someone to tune into you. I'm curious, you know, you said, mom, you learned sort of the conflict avoidance piece there. But I'm curious, like, what it looked like, or maybe the absence of it, of Tuning into what your experience was as a kiddo, having to go through the things that you went through. Did anybody ask? Did anybody tune in? Did anybody have an interest in it? Well, so as I went through grade school, it was a a different world. Uh, I went through a a Montessori Mm -hmm. school, a private school, tie-in nuns with the habits. And um, so it was a very different type of schooling, right? Montessori is a different technique altogether. And I was always sort of at the top end IQ wise. So they sort of pulled me out and always had me doing different things. So I wasn't like in this, you know, same group. And it was a small class. We're talking probably 12 um, in first grade and then dwindled down to where in fifth grade, we only had five of us left. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of it was me always trying to be the super excel or, and I always remember the aunts and uncles praising me as so smart and doing so well in school and he's getting all these great grades and, you know, like, you know, and I would always sort of like say scientific or physics type of things when the aunts and uncles would come over, you know. So and I look back at that and I'm sure that there was, you know, that's where I was trying to make up 
for this lack of a parent and, and lack of, of getting that emotional feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mom, you know, she was, you know, she, she always praised me when, when I did, you know, when I did well. But it wasn't uh, always sort of difficult. And, and, and my sister and I would always sort of joke towards the end because mom would never say, I love you. Mm-hmm. She was one of those like, you know, oh, that's just too much. So as she got older, we'd say, okay, mom, love you. You know, goodbye. Love you on the phone until she would say it. Now let's come back, though, because, okay. you know, maybe you're saying that at school there might have been teachers or, yeah, just an environment in which you did feel seen or you somebody saw, you know, your talent, your skill right. set, right, and they right. were able to really support that. And, yeah, we're so grateful for, I think, the teachers and the coaches and some of the other adults that enter into yeah, our lives yeah, that, yeah. you know, are able to offer us that. And it sounds like that was a— a pretty good experience. Good experience, for you. but then also very, you know, fearful too. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you know, the the nuns ruled with the fear of God. You yeah. know, it was the the habits, and you know, I mean, the rulers, and the you, you know, the public humiliation. Mm-hmm. You got out of line. It wasn't just you got out of line. Everybody, you know, everyone gets everybody got punished if you did something. Yeah, kind of thing. So I look back at that, and I'm like, well, that was some learned behavior there. No wonder, you know, if I don't yeah. trust. If I didn't feel safe in in that environment. Well, yeah, right. In some ways, it's like the only thing that we have room for is either perfection or a certain type of performance. Like you have to present a certain way in order for it to be accepted here, right? Right. The range of, yeah, being a messy kid or, you know, having big feelings and all that is not actually allowed here. Right. Right. And so, yeah, interesting split that maybe there were moments and times at school where you were able to feel seen, but then there's also like only certain parts of me are able to be seen here, not the full picture. If we go back into the home for a second. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked a little bit about your mom here. There was a divorce. What happened to dad? He was um, an executive in, in big airlines. And so he moved to of all places. So he was gone. So I saw him once in 72. And then I saw him again, not till again until like 76. And then he moved. To and this is where dad tried to make up for lost time which you know, I always appreciate the fact. So lots of world travel from dad. So, and, and he and I had a lot of the same mannerisms. Um, definitely, if you look at really young pictures of him, I look just like him mm. type of deal. But I always was one of those things I'll never forget, like growing up saying, I'll never be like him. I didn't want to be like him. And I didn't even know where that came from. Probably came from, you know, subliminally from my mother who was just trying to, to, well, don't be like your father or you're just like your father. I'd be like, no, I don't want to be like him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like him because who he is is what? Well, because he was a very tough person to talk to. It was very closed in terms of his emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, come to find out that as I got older, his infidelity it was to my mom. Uh, Dad ended up marrying five times, mm-hmm. so uh, so he had a you know he had an interesting life with his relationships. So yeah, it was always like I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be I don't want to be the guy that marries five times, and I don't want to have kids 
that are left behind like him. So I, I didn't have any, you know, I missed that boat. I was telling people, like, how many kids do you have? Well, you know, by the time I wanted kids, I was in my 40s, I missed the boat. And because of that, you know, early on, it was like, man, I don't want to end up marrying someone and having kids and being the divorced dad. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You have the experience of being the kid who went through having a parent leave. Right. And, you know, I know that this is a part of your story and, you know, you're able to share it as a story. But I would like to know, even though it's far away now, mm -hmm. you know, that's a long time to go without seeing your father. Yeah. And, you know, his presence was absence, right? He was right. gone. There wasn't right. presence. Do you recall what that felt like for you as a kid to not have dad around? You know, here this divorce happens and then... You know, he's gone and not just gone down the street or 30-minute right. drive away, right? right gone right. in a different country. So, so that, that's, that's a good point because that's where I found to be where the trauma block was. Mm. So when I read the Bessel van der Klauk book, you know, The Body Keeps the Score, and about the, the part in the book where he talks about the exiled child and that the manager and the firefighter protect themselves because they wanted this exiled child. And so the, that child had been wounded by the, the dad leaving. And it was at the point in that book where I saw myself holding the banister of the second story of our house, looking out over the driveway. I knew that I'd hit that spot because I could see myself looking, waiting for dad to come home. He never did. That emptiness and not having ever had dealt with that emotionally. And it took a long time to get to that, you know, to find that spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, probably s seven, eight months of reading and analyzing and trying to figure out, was there something else trauma-wise that got me to where I'm at? But it was that, when I, and I literally saw like the, the, the neural activity sprinkle down my, through my eyes like snow. 
What do you feel? I, you know, your eyes glossed over. Yeah, yeah. Um, it still hurts. That story. It does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to understand right. what that feels like in your body when you visualize that little boy holding onto the bars, standing at the banister, yeah. and looking out. What, what do you feel? Well, that's that's the the, the pain, the the loss. You know, my dad, my, I'm sure, you know, my best friend, my, you know, because we lived in the country, no one there to, you know, where, where did he go? And, and no explanation. I'm sure my mother had no way of figuring out how to tell me what that, you know, so she would, you know, f- fill it in with, oh, let's go skiing. Let's go to the zoo. Lots of, lots of trips to the zoo. But yeah, so when I read your book, right, and in the belonging section, and you said to go back to that little boy and explain to him it wasn't your fault. And that's when the tears just blew out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was walking in the woods, listening to you on Audible, and I saw that, and it was just like, wow. I, you know, that emotion, had, I had never experienced it before. Because mm-hmm. right? it was blocked that whole time. Had you internalized it as your fault do you think as a kid oh i'm sure well not only my fault but i'm sure it was my mother's fault too right it was all her fault Uh and as i grew up and her not sort of explaining it to me yeah and that the the gap between us just continued to grow right there's a lot of absences Right, both physically and your father leaving, in the gaps in the story, in mom not leaning in to connect with you and name what might be there or at the minimum create an invitation for you to share what might be going on for you. Right? right. There's a lot of absences yeah. in your story. Right. And it's interesting, you know, we've gone into your personal life here a bit, even though we started talking about work and, you know, bosses and managers and all that. And I'm thinking, okay, right, here's this person who looks for someone to lead him. Mm -hmm. No dad, mom absent in that emotional guide and leadership kind of way, right? right? You know, maybe she put food on the table, you know, and all of those things, right? But, right, this part of you that needed something from her, that needed something from your dad, and there being an absence of that. And and this part now that has continued for decades and decades and decades, seeking for someone to guide, to lead, to show you something. Does that land for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about um, managers and you know, bosses in that way in terms of, like, why there is a craving for them to be yeah, it, who you would like them or yes. need them to be? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me a little more about that. Well, yeah, so, you know, I get to a place and I instantly would expect or just like, go, oh, they're the one. Here we are, manager that knows the way. And so I would mail managers. I would expect them to be that, that father figure, mm. right? But they never couldn't lead up to that expectation. Women managers just reminded me of my mother and the, and the shortcomings there. So mm. they could never live up mm. to. Now, let's not say that every one of them. I did have a couple really excellent, and, and on both sides, but <laughs> it didn't seem to last. Mm-hmm. So that was the other thing, right? So. One that I had recently, this woman was like a leader like no other. 
guide us through this huge part of this project. And then she retired. And it, worse than that, it got to me secondhand, third hand. Mm. Like, they didn't even like tell you, they didn't yeah. tell us. And we were all like, the, the floor had been pulled away from us that, that she was leaving. And it was, again, it was sort of like on that parallel, like, oh, Here's the father, mother figure just there, then gone. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about like, okay, this pattern keeps happening. And when you think about what it is, you feel like you're actually trying to resolve with this. Do you have an idea? I mean, in terms of trying to resolve to not have such huge expectations, because I think that's, you know, where I keep running up against is, is that part of it? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think what's important is understanding what those expectations actually are. And, you know, we've used the language of lead. But I think if we were to really get into the like granular part of that, it does feel like you want consideration. You want to feel seen right. by people. Right. And Prioritized. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right, exactly. And that like prioritization might be that, you know, someone whom I've just worked with for however long would maybe come to me and tell me that they're retiring instead yeah. of me having to hear it through, right. you know, the grapevine, for example, right? So I feel prioritized when mm -hmm. people consider what my experience is right. in this. And I'm going to always hold that little boy here too, right? Mm -hmm. I feel prioritized or I feel safe or I can trust someone when they can consider what my experience might be in this space. Right. But nobody was able to really connect to that for plenty of reasons, sure. right? Yeah, but we don't, you know, it's like, yes, we know there's context there. Mom's going through her own stuff. There's a lot of hardship, et cetera, et cetera. Like, why do people not have capacity for it? Okay, maybe mm. an endless list, but it doesn't change the fact that this is still your experience, right, right? right? That I want to feel cared for enough, prioritized enough. I want the adults around me to be trustworthy enough safe enough right mm -hmm. for me to trust that people can see me and can connect to what might be happening in my inner world right yeah, yeah. and i know we're talking about work but maybe we'll go outside of work for a moment where in your life do you have any relationships right now where you being seen you feeling considered does happen and feels really like a priority Oh, yeah, with my wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's our 17th anniversary. Okay, happy anniversary. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's sort of ironic to be here. Yeah, wait, what a way to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so supportive, and um, she really, you know, helps me through these situations. You know, we, we were actually, we dated for seven years, so we've been actually together now, so 23 years. Yeah. So that's definitely, yeah, to answer your question, my, my wife is the key in, mm. in that area. In what ways, if any, do you not feel seen or considered by her? I don't know. I, she knows me pretty well, so I, I, wouldn't, I can't think of any ways that she doesn't. No, oh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. How healing has that been for you? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I think she's sort of, you know, kept me from going off the deep end. If it wasn't for her, I, I used to drink a lot. I don't drink anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she helped me, you know, get through that. I, 
And I, that was another thing, sort of, that I was using alcohol as, as a way to cope for all these years. And uh, so once I s- saw that, I'm like, oh, you know, this is, this is not healthy. And um, with, with, with her help and with other counselors, you know, I m- managed to, uh, to get through that part and uh, feel so much better. You know, lost weight, blood pressure. I don't take blood pressure <laughs> medicine anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't take any more antidepressants or any more anti-anxiety medicine. So that's been a huge plus. Yeah. Okay. But let's come back to then the work stuff and this idea that maybe part of this is about having to lower some expectations. The idea of lowering expectations feels what to you? Yeah, it feels like, you know, what's the what's the point of having a manager at all? I can pretty much manage myself. Mm-hmm. So, and then we recently uh, were in a, had a gap between managers. So our group was actually doing quite well mm-hmm. without anybody. So yeah, it, it, it's disappointing to have to, you know, basically say, and I hate saying it, I just don't care. And that sometimes that's the only way I can sort of cope. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know what? I don't care. This is the way they want to do it. Fine. And, uh, you know, that's that's disappointing. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I wish that I could say that uh, there's got to be a great manager out there and a great leader <laughs> for, you know, I don't know. Right. Maybe you're going to just keep getting the well, know, same and, and, types we, of- and we and again, we ha- I had an, another one, um, an interim they brought out of retirement is uh, prior to COVID. And this guy, he, he knew how to manage, you know, it didn't matter whether we were going to bake a cake. Or we were going to set up a new IT server. This guy just had that talent. And so initially we were all like, wow, this is such a different way, different approach. And we were sort of resistant at first. But then when we saw how things were getting done and the progress we were making, and it was, wow, 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 wow. Of course, then he was like, well, and you know, this was just temporary for me. I'm a, I'm a, I came out of retirement. I'm going back to retirement. So most of the people in our lives will only come in for a little bit of time. Right. And the only relationship, you know, that does remain is us with us. And I hear that a lot of people have let you down, that a lot of these relationships, you know, whether we're talking about family of origin or whether we're talking about these adult relationships with managers and leaders, there's a lot of disappointment there. And I don't know that we're going to find the quote-unquote right person for you. You know, maybe there is somebody who's great out there who will stick around for many, many years. Okay, great, fine, win, got it. But I think maybe some of this is actually about you with you. That in these moments when you're not feeling seen, when you're not feeling considered, what does it look for little you to trust big you? What does it look for little you to find consistency in big you? Because we can't rely on consistency from others. Now, it right. sounds like your your wife actually has been phenomenal for you, and, mm-hmm. and there's a really beautiful relationship there. But you, you with you is such an important dynamic. Let's take one last break. We'll be right back.
I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. What does it look like as the adult you to lead the younger you in moments when he feels like he doesn't belong, like he's not prioritized, like he's unseen and unheard and not understood? What's there for you? Well, it's an image, right? I feel like sort of alone, just no one there to there. Yeah. Having this vision, like I'm out in the middle of the woods and there's no one. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, how how do I go back and address that as me to the little boy that's just sitting there, like, okay, take my hand and guide me, you know, through this. Yeah, yeah it's you know, before you said I missed my opportunity to be a parent. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know, like maybe not in our traditional sense of how we understand Mm, it. Right, right. But I do think that there is an opportunity for you to extend your hand to this child, you know, that does live within you. And he gets activated sometimes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets activated when somebody isn't coming towards him. He gets activated when somebody isn't considering him. He gets activated when people just up and leave and I don't ever get to see you again. Right. Right? Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Whether that's dad or whether that's an interim boss or whomever. Right, right. I know right. The, the activation, the triggering. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because recently when this email had been sent out, I was essentially told to go back to doing what I was, mm-hmm. mind your own business, go back to doing your job little and i read it mm. little boy and yeah i was i followed it. yeah i was telling everybody else on the yeah. email can't believe he did this you know i can't believe it. everybody but going back to to him right and when i did that and i realized okay i've got the trigger how do i use and using your words pivot back and use that as a learning experience to figure out okay you know what do i got to do differently this time to address this trigger. I can't continually be activated. Well, I think it's that you might notice an activation, but it's about you acknowledging him. Yeah, yeah. Right, as opposed to, listen, it's a reasonable thing, right, wanting other people to see us and acknowledge Mm. us, but Mm. when they don't, then what? Mm. Right. And I think that that's, there's an invitation here because you are your constant. You're with you. Right. Right. right? right. You are available 
to right. you, right? right? In these moments when that email comes in and oh, you're ready to huff and puff and you're ready to send the emails and blast people or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And what would it look like to actually turn towards him and extend that hand and acknowledge why this moment feels big? Right. So let's take it. I don't know. It, it doesn't have to be this example. Maybe you have mm. a different one, but mm-hmm. maybe the most potent or the one that happened the most recently, whatever works for you. But just a, a moment that stands out to you where you felt something big. You got one? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'd say if, the, if we used to use that most recent one, right, the, 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 the humiliation or the, you know, going back and looking at that and now this would probably be more in the lines of the second or third grader right, at the Montessori that had just been humiliated by the nuns. And what was the humiliation present day? Well, it was that email that was like, mm-hmm. you know, to, said, go back to doing what you're, you know, yeah. stay out, you know, stay out mind of your own type. business, yeah. go back to doing what you were doing. And, but, you know, not that that was a big deal, but it was the fact that there was a bunch of people on the CC line. So it was, you know, in front of people, in front of people, right? So going back and, you know, trying to consult that second or third grader at Montessori and saying, it's okay. They're just doing what they think that they need to do. That's their job. I want you to acknowledge him differently. I want you to see, right? So let's move that it's okay because maybe it doesn't feel that great. Maybe it doesn't feel okay in the moment. Mm-hmm. So let's move that. And then let's move also explaining what they might be doing. They're just doing their job. Let's let's put all of that aside, okay. right? Yeah. And let's really just connect like, ooh, yeah, that might have felt like what? And we could also ask him too if he wants to chat with us, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, maybe just for, for right now, let's start with you connecting to, ooh, yeah, I can see how dismissive that might have felt. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I can I can acknowledge that you felt what? What do you think's there? Just, you know, I guess embarrassed because, you know, everybody else would have been looking at me so, and humiliated, mm-hmm. you know, so that, you know, how am I going to get out of this? type of environment i'm trapped let's ask him shall we yeah yeah okay you want to close your eyes okay yeah i think he said second third grade right mm-hmm. yeah okay can you see him oh yeah yeah do you want to tell me about him what's he got on okay does um, he have some hair or no hair yeah lots <laughs> okay. of hair uh-huh. um just uh we didn't have to wear uniforms so okay. some regular clothes okay so let's let that email come in Okay. Mm -hmm. You open it and you read it and you read that sentence and you and he feel something, right? Yeah. And just notice where in your body you feel it. Definitely in my in my stomach, right? Okay. You just bring a hand to your stomach. Yeah. Right. Just bring a little bit of attention there. Just breathe into it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right. Yeah, and then let's just tune into him, right? What does he want to say? You can ask him. How are you feeling? What's well, coming up for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's we're just waiting for the situation to to end. You know, how, again, how do we get out of this? Uh, I want to stop feeling. Yeah. What? Anxious, 
fearful. I'm fearful that. That it'll just continue to happen. If it happened once, then it yeah. most likely will continue to happen. That I'll continue to feel. Just embarrassed. Yeah. Okay. And I want adult you to speak to him. Okay. Yeah. I want you to acknowledge his embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so it's okay. We'll get through this. Mm-hmm. And... uh I'm sorry that. I'm sorry that you have to go through this. Yeah, say it again. I'm sorry that you have to go through this. And maybe they were a little right. You know, maybe I stepped out of line. No, put that aside. But, uh... Put that aside. Yeah. Yeah. Come back into it. And just take a breath. I'm sorry that you're feeling so embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry that people yeah. don't see you the way that you need to be seen. Yeah, I'm sorry that you need to have to go through all this mm. anxiety yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. Ask him what he would like you to know. Okay. What would you like to know? What would you like me to know? And see if he has anything for you. Well, I think uh, he'd like to get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why am I here? Why is this happening to me? Yeah, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't seem to be a way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel very trapped. And that just leads to, you know, more anxiety. Mm-hmm. Let's let him say it one more time. Why is this happening to me? Let him let it out. Yeah. Hmm. He just doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. What are you noticing in your body right now? Well, I feel... Like, you know, initially the stomach was tight, producing neurochemicals at a high rate. Now they feel a little more calm. Mm. And, uh, you know, my breathing was tight. Mm. Now it's a little bit less. Yeah. That was good. This is a little uncomfortable or unfamiliar to go spend some time with him. Yeah. 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 Just like when I initially confronted him when I read your book. Yeah. Right. When I first got there, I just wasn't prepared and I just, you know, opened up. So, yeah, needing to go back. Well, let's stay for a moment in it just because I think. What he was saying was really important. It feels really trapped, like things can't change. Right. Things won't change. Why did this happen to me? And, oh, but I'm trapped here, right? Right. And I could feel that 
you know, you felt a little unfamiliar in that space, like we mm-hmm. just said. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm. not sure, like, I don't know, how close do I get to him? And yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what questions are okay to ask? And, you know, is he okay yeah. with me? And, right, right, um, right, right. right. I, it's I, for the child within to trust the adult us is a big mm, deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about trust with other, but trust right. with self, right, is right. so major. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a relationship there that could use some building. Yeah. Right, where you get a bit more comfortable with him and he gets a bit more comfortable with you. Right. right? So that acknowledging him and being with him and seeing him, right, which is you, right, right is a little more trusted, a little more comfortable. And that's something that just happens with repetition and practice and actually spending quality time together. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that would help a lot because that would certainly fold over into not trusting any of the managers, right? So if I can't trust the little boy, can't trust the big me. So that's definitely where that's rooted down. That's right. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of people in your life that you haven't been able to trust. Right. Right. And, you know, that, that breach in trust is significant. And mm. I think that part of us that sometimes is with whom can I trust, right? Where, where, where is that one relationship, right? right? This one manager, this one leader who's going to come in and show right. me the new way. Right. Right. right, right and, right. you know, this outsourcing of it. And like I said, and, and as you've said, you've actually had a couple of people who've been wonderful. It's just that the relationships end. Right. Right. As they do. And that's why this peace with self, I think, feels important. And it's also why your relationship with your wife is incredible because there's also a relationship there that is long lasting mm-hmm. and it hopefully continues for right. a really oh, long yeah, time. Yeah. Right. And that beautiful to have that with other is mm-hmm. so special. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think there's something about having it with self that can take some of the focus maybe away from will some perfect person just drop into my lap in my work right. environment right, right. so that I don't have to feel this way anymore. You know, the reality of it is is that you are going to feel this way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? Those moments are going to show up and what can be consistent, right, is mm. you with you. What can begin to feel more trusting is you with you you being able to turn towards and acknowledge and see what it is that is showing up inside of you mm-hmm. right? and to be with it and right. to consider it right, right. and to prioritize it and to let it know that it has a spot here, right? To let it know that it belongs here. Mm. You don't have to push it away. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I, me, yeah. would like to hear it. Right, right, right. I'd like to be here with you with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, when I was reading your book, that was the one wound that I was really struggling to try to find where the trust wound began. You know, was was it something? And the the one thing that I sort of held on to is the only thing I could really think of was when all of a sudden the Santa Claus, all the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, all that was like, what do you mean you've been, you know, you've been lying to mm-hmm. me this whole time? You lie, and I can see it, you know, almost mm-hmm. as clear that, you know, screaming it out, you lied to me, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, now that was the, the there, there he is, the little boy, and still now me not really trusting it, 
that gap has never been filled. You know, trust is so nuanced in how we experience certain events in our lives. You know, we can internalize it in very different ways, right? A father leaving, for example. For some people, they might internalize that as a worthiness wound, Mm. right? I'm not good enough for you to stick around for. Mm. And for others, they might internalize it as a trust wound. Mm -hmm. I can't trust the important people in my life to stick around, right? right. right? Or I can't trust my mom to be able to be with my emotions and to show up for me me in the way that I need her to. And that might not have been how it got internalized for you, right? right? Maybe for you, it's about the holidays and, you know, the figures that, uh, you know, societally we have, you know, put forward. They had all all those, right? Yes. Yeah. And the the belonging piece, you know, if you're not, so, yeah, going back, like you said, and just continuing to nurture Mm -hmm. that little boy. Yeah. Well, 17 jobs seven managers in the last one, in the present one, when we're constantly looking, right, and the revolving door is going and going, nope, nope, yeah. nope, yeah. nope, <laughs> nope. Right. Then the question, yeah, becomes, okay, all of these people are going to, because guess what? They're human, and they are going to let you down right. and disappoint you to, in some way or another. But to be able to stay connected to self, right? To be mm-hmm. able to have a relationship with self, to be able to trust self, mm-hmm. to make space for and feel and prioritize what's there is how we get through that revolving door. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that the practice is about you getting to spend more time with him mm-hmm. and visiting more making a practice out of it. Yeah, because I do meditate, but I don't, I haven't focused on going there. Yeah. I've focused on, you know, either clear mindfulness or manifestation, but going back into that spot. And I think it's just because it's, you know, it's painful initially. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you sort of resist going there because, and and I think that that's one of the things that I've noticed when I talk about this to other people that might have had similar experiences, especially with divorces, that they really don't want to go there Mm because it's so painful. So painful. And they've built their whole life around avoiding that memory or those issues. And it's, it's sort of like, okay, well... Let's just start little, little bit at a time, mm-hmm. going back and you know, again visualizing him letting the, some of those emotions come out. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts or reflections from today? Well, I, was, I just want to say thank you very much for you know bringing me on. I think this is uh, it's been great. Uh, it's been been very helpful and i'm looking forward to going back and and making that relationship back with that little boy that needs me so much yeah beautiful well thank you for being here thank you such an honor to be in conversation with you Sometimes we chase something outside of us when an answer lies within. I think this is the case with Russ. 
the unresolved pain from his past, a father who left, a mother who wasn't able to tune into his pain and see what it is that he needs, continues to show up in his desire to have a boss, a leader, another adult in his life, show up in this attuned, caring, and considerate way. Of course we need that from others, but sometimes there is an invitation for us to see that the person we need that from the most is actually ourselves. This relationship of self with self is so important. What happens when people disappoint us? What happens when people let us down? What happens when people show up in ways that are painfully familiar? Our conversation is an important reminder that sometimes what we're seeking is a consistency and sense of trust from ourselves. We're not always going to be able to get that from others. In fact, it's inevitable that people outside of our own selves are going to let us down and disappoint us. The adult us needs to connect and see the child us. And sometimes the child us needs to be able to trust the adult us. This is a practice that Russ can begin to strengthen with time. But might you consider where your own relationship with self needs attention and care? I hope what you heard today was helpful. If you like the show, tell your friends and loved ones to listen. It would also mean so much to me if you could rate and review This Keeps Happening on Apple Podcasts. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Vienna Farron. This episode was produced by Anita Flores. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Oh.